if you guys want to hear something awesome that's somewhat reef-related, you should talk about how oysters feed. It's quick, it's disgusting, and it's amazing. I think we should yes, start let with me that. Do the, let me do the intro. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, sure, fine. Okay, like, whatever. If you have to. You're listening to the Story Soil Podcast, where we build science fiction and fantasy worlds from the ground up. Last week, we learned about electric reefs and um, the Tech Valley of Death. Uh, yeah. So today, we're going to take that knowledge and grow it into a unique fantasy world. Uh, but first, a disclaimer. And also, I was like making faces to that entire intro to keep from like interrupting with narration. Just wanted to know how hard I tried. You know, I, I believe in you. So why don't you tell everyone what the disclaimer is? Uh, the disclaimer, ideas are cheap and plentiful. You're encouraged to use these ideas and world seeds to write your own story. We only ask that if you do, you toss us a shout out in the acknowledgments or author's note and send us a link so we can gaze upon it like proud grandparents. Yeah. Now, Sarah, you have a little addendum to the last uh, episode. Yes. Okay. So to be clear, New York City is in fact, building itself some oyster reefs. They're just not using the electricity thing, um, but they are doing that. So sci- like New York City is building its own little sci-fi world building out there in the harbor. And Ooh, crinkly sea walls. Yes. yes. And it's very important that you guys know how oysters feed because everybody says like, oh yeah, they're filter feeders, which does not do it justice. What they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Please gross us out. So oysters feed on like uniquely small particles, right? How do they snatch them? Well, they just spit out a bunch of snot under their gills and then they slurp it back up and whatever's stuck to it, they get to eat. The end. Oh my God. They have snot without noses. Yeah. Well, I just think, you know, How? like it's How? mucus. It's everything but in the sea is snot. They're like, they're like seventh grade boys. So everything in the sea is larva, worms, and snot? Correct. <laughs> sea just keeps getting better. You're all marine biologists now. <laughs> But like, you know, they just like spew and slurp up snot all day. And they're like ecological MVPs. They're like a keystone species. Other things can live without them. They're so important. And I just think, you know, there's a lesson in that somewhere. No wonder teenage boys think so highly of themselves. I know, right? (laughs) Filter feed for me, Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because I remember being in middle school and guys would do that thing where they would like, Hakalugi, and they would like let it drip and try to see how long they could get the string before they slurped it back up. And then they'd pose and be like, We're a keystone species. Yes, pretty much. Exactly. No, because this was like the quote unquote cool boys. Wow. Yeah. Well, they just knew keystone more about species than we gave them. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, not to shit on teenage boys. Some of them are fine. But to spit loogie, yes. But to spit loogies on teenage boys. Wait, for- what? What? Or let them dangle over the teenage boys without dropping. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Because if it drops, then you're actually in trouble. Then you lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, transitioning away from that slightly like thing that makes me want to gag. Uh, yeah. Gag worthy teenage boys and oh. gag worthy teenage boys. Oh. Adrian, just say something. Yeah, I wasn't gonna follow that everywhere my mind went. Move, move, move. And on to the world build part of our segment where we spend stuff and things out of snot. No. (laughs) 
can we get away from snot? It really grosses me out, guys. Um, but anyway, um, so I feel like the logical place to go with this would be to sci-fi. So I kind of want to not do necessarily sci-fi, like hard sci-fi. I'm almost feeling like a um, like a diesel punk. Oh, hmm. Tell me more. So, or or some kind of early. I'm, like early electricity kind of situation where there isn't a lot, but we almost have this like, okay, so like early electricity meets post-apocalypse. Logically. Okay. Um, Where people either, it's either like a, a true post-apocalyptic where we've had society and then it's failed again. And then we're like coming back up from, um, a scavenging society or we could go with something like people have just uh kind of discovered electricity but there's some sort of cataclysm or uh or the the planet itself just is mostly water um and has less land mass than um like our earth but not enough land mass for the expanding population um uh, because with technology comes population expansion. And uh, now they're like, hey, so maybe we can build shit in the water. Yeah, maybe instead of just like fishing the oysters to death, we should like take care of them or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Or that could just, be. you know, yeah. lure in more of them and give them habitable grounds so that there are more of them and we can eat more. Yeah. I feel like a, so, a sci-fi world building where there's just like a bunch of sport fishermen who are like, we want to go fish. Let's build ourselves we, a thing. Just like a bunch of like fish. flatboat bros. Infinite fish. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to avoid like a water right. world sort of scenario, right. you know. Right. Um, it's like King of the Hill, but sci-fi. Well, what about? Oh, God. <laughs> no. I mean, yes, that's basically Futurama. But so, oyster so got, and oyster accessories. You've got the post-apocalyptic, like, you know, like Waterworld, um, uh-huh. where, you know, essentially your land masses have been eradicated. Um, and so there's nothing left but water. But what about kind of the like temporary move out? So, because mm-hmm. you said early electricity meets post-apocalypse. So the idea that there is some temporary Ooh. reason why the land masses need to be evacuated. And so you've got to figure out how to survive for like 50 to 100 years on the sea and develop and grow what to reclaim. water nomads? Mm. Like nomadic and they go to different points specifically to fish or to do things and so they've planted these um these uh you know metal places and and electrified them and they've figured out how to or maybe we can deal with like somebody figuring out how to electrify them what about that combination of because i don't know how fantasy or sci-fi you you you're feeling but what about that combination of magic and science that you see in some really Mm -hmm. you don't see as often so you know yes there's maybe some early electricity but okay water nomads uh my brain is going with a lot of things um okay Mm -hmm. so a people who have been or were at one point in time driven from their lands perhaps by an old war expansionism um you know 
colonialism, what what have you. So you've got the the displaced people that essentially moved into the water and one of the gifts of their people the their native whether it's it's spirits or magic um was sort of an electricity magic lightning mages and so they figured out sort of this what good is lightning on water not okay you can shock people great so i'm going to accidentally go lightning and like kill my entire small little floating tribe well that's no good to me what good i'm just is sorry i'm just seeing a character who's like there's a school of fish over there and lightning and the fish just come up like pre-cooked <laughs> well i mean yes but then they realized they accidentally destroyed an entire little subset of the biome and that wasn't good either so there was some um, experimentation in the early days <laughs> uh, yes, there is. because basically being a race of genetic lightning mages forced onto uh, a water lifestyle was pretty antithetical. So there were some growing pains. Um, and so there were some incidents. And But over time... They're just like, oh shit! (laughs) They were like, this is not going to end well. So this this people with their genetic lightning magic had to figure out, okay, how do we use this less as a raw magic as to which we are accustomed racially, uh, versus to find unique ways of collaborating with the new world around us. And it may have been immensely like there may have been a, a decade or two there where it was basically a magic ban. Don't you dare lightning on the water, son. I swear <laughs> to God. Um, Exiled. But then you ended up with someone who who was just doing like the small currents or, you know, maybe it was a, a protective mechanism. But but somehow they stumbled across this concept that 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 in the right situation in the smallest amounts, it actually drew life. It actually provided energy and they started to cultivate this society and culture based around the lightning mages being those that sort of kept the environment around them energized and yeah. sort of built themselves this environment. Now I'm trying to remember. So is bioluminescence a form of bioelectricity? Um, It's like a chemical reaction thing and it releases some okay. photons. So it has nothing to do with electricity. Yeah, I mean, like, insofar as like, there's nerves and they have electric signals and that's involved somehow, but it's not like that. It's not electrochemical reaction. It's just biochemistry. Okay, never mind. I just had a little, like, really pretty image in my head, but I mean, it's sci-fi. They can make it that way. It's fine. It's whatever. I mean, we could invent a set of creatures that starts um, not calcium carbonate skeletal creatures, but other electricity feeding creatures that follow them around. I mean, there's electric fish, there's glowy fish. Why not both? Glowy electric fish. Boom. Zot. I don't know. That's just like a little side thing there. So, okay. People on water who live, I'm I'm thinking like, because I like this nomad thing. I don't think they're just constantly out there floating necessarily. I like the idea of them having and making their own little coral reefs. So they have their like yearly places that they go to farm their own food. They do fishing, but then they have these little places that they know of that they've built up and allowed to um, 
I don't know what the word is, accumulate, um, grow, et cetera. And then they go to them and, and uh, a couple times a year, they have divers that go down and do things. And so, so, yeah. so they were floating initially, you know, in those early stages after their, their uh, exile. Um, and while they were still all like just accidentally zapping each other and dying. Um, Yay. But, but no, once they did start to, f- to sort of figure this out, to stumble on this, that, that would be perfect. Like they, they, um, I mean, they probably discovered it the same way we did. Tried to build a structure and and electrify it to create something solid and then realized that it created like a solid sea thing. Or I was thinking like even on their boats with the cladding mm-hmm. on their vessels, okay. um, if something happened and they were just like vaguely electrified for a little while. <laughs> and the next thing they know, a ship accidentally sank. And when they went down to investigate why, they discovered it was covered in living shit way more than stuff that they know had sunk earlier mm-hmm. or way more in certain areas that were like metal than the places that were yeah. a, a different type of organic material. And they were like, why is this? And Covered so now these things these Covered in deliciousness that used to be like storm mages suddenly find themselves kind of almost nature mages, the, the cultivators of these like living um, way stations Mm-hmm. That they've started to seed the oceans with. Ooh, so they may be a combination of like, they're almost like the lighthouse keeper. Yeah. For these places. So you have like a little lighthouse type situation going on there where it's like they have these people that live on uh, the the reefs that they have to be the electricity mages because they have to keep it up. And also they have to just basically live with a low level current going through them at all times. And people who are genetically predisposed for that bear it much easier. Oh, and so sad, like to have a character that, you know, the theoretical character that you know, has to deal with the, the isolation of being the one destined to be left behind. Oh, pain. <laughs> Can you imagine Two um, reef keepers finally getting to meet each other. What? Or 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 twins who had to be separated to monitor oh. different reefs. And I, w- I will say, I, I think it <laughs> is really sad. Happy occasion. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also thinking, like the the reef keepers, you probably would have just for this a similar issue for why there are usually two people. Yeah, in in an, in a uh, lighthouse, you probably have pairs. Oh yeah, that do that at least. Um, and maybe you know, in in some situations, if if you're having uh, a good crop of lightning mages in your current generation, they could even both be and like take turns, sort of powering up and powering down. But if you if you weren't lucky, then you know there'd be the one that was the uh, the the caretaker, and then one that was sort of there. Their support system. The caretaker and the caretaker caretaker? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, indeed. The circle of care. Um, so I feel like one of them would have to, like, maybe one is the lightning mage and one of them is a diver of some kind. Like right. somebody who is able to um, either uh, hold their breath a really freaking mm-hmm. long time or use some form of uh, diving outfit. So like okay. so that's a thing. There are some people in I'm 
I have forgotten their name, but there are like some folks who have been living on boats in Southeast Asia for a very long time, like hundreds or thousands of years Mm -hmm. and like making a living, just fishing by diving and they can hold their breath for a freaky long time. Like there's some mutations involved. And there are the women who dive for the golden, um, for the uh, golden, it's like a seaweed and that spent that you, that they spin thread from. You guys know what I'm talking about? I do not, but according to Google, our Lord and savior, who, by the way, as soon as I typed record four provided me with the autocomplete of holding breath. Um, they, they're listening. (laughs) Alexa. Um, no, shut up. Go away. God. Um, <laughs> was that to she who must not be named? Yes, she she turned on next to me. Um, Even though you just whispered. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I whispered from too close, apparently. Um, <laughs> but so according to Google, <laughs> in 2012, German free diver Tom Sietas held his breath underwater for 22 minutes and 22 seconds. Um... Is he okay? I mean, because that's a while. That, I mean, his cardiovascular system cannot be okay. I mean, there's like some hypoxia going oh, on there for oh, sure. I I Google led me wrong with their bold text in 2016. Oh God, Barcelona-based Segura set the Guinness World Record by holding his breath for 24. Four minutes and three seconds. His cardiovascular system can't be okay. Which, according to Google, is two minutes longer than the runtime of most sitcoms. Hmm. <laughs> wow. So I just want to put it out there that, like, the guys setting these Guinness World Records are, like, just underwater, like, literally just sitting there. And then I found the name, and I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, like, Bajau. It's B-A-J-A-U. Um, mm-hmm. They live in the Philippines, Malaysia, Indonesia. Um, so they're like actively swimming around, like spearfishing and stuff. Like they're doing mm-hmm. work underwater, and they can hold their breath for like ten minutes. Um, Still insane. Yeah, just like swimming yeah, around, I mean, like, and doing around. doing that sort of um, aerobic activity yeah. Yeah. is going to increase the uh, the need for oxygen and the burn of it. So, I mean, bravo. Let's uh, crazy be kind of more realistic and say 10-ish minutes is probably a standard. I'd say that's a good standard. And then, you know, up that a little bit, take in the magical realm in which there are also storm mages. And yeah, I mean, suspend your disbelief. Like Brandon Sanderson says, the rule of cool. 10 10 to 15, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, these are people that have lived their entire lives, like purely on the sea by this point. Um, and then um, the divers are probably the ones it. that are like training yeah. to do that. Yeah. Cool. I like that. I mean, yeah. So what kind of, um, in this sort of a world, what kind of conflicts would we be looking at besides things like isolation and <laughs> lightning, electricity plus water? You mean beyond the natural world? Um I mean, because I kind of, uh, I'm thinking, you know, especially if they were um, displaced because colonialism is evil. Um, I mean, the people who colonize don't stop doing the thing or don't have to. So they like, they they also want to um, now have the cool thing that you built. Well, I mean, and certainly if you think about like um, 
America in those times, what, what, you know, then a colonial empire also started to become a hugely seafaring empire. So if you talk about maybe uh, an empire of several generations, um, take Roman, British, etc., you know, there's generally an early expansion and then it stabilizes for a little while. And then you end up with the guy who's like, and now we are mandated by God. And, um, <laughs> that tries, guy, yeah. Tries to, tries to expand again, plus some elephants. Um, <laughs> mandated by God and elephants. <laughs> So now you get into maybe, you know, the, the second wave of imperial expansion or um, the increase of sea trade. And so then, you know, it doesn't even have to be like initially something that starts with like an overtaking so much as sort of that contact again on the sea, on the sea lanes, um, you know, sort of vying for, hey, uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to take my ship through here to trade with these people um, you in my way. Or even um, sort of a coming to them of, you know, you know the sea lanes like nobody's business and you you have navigation techniques that are ages Ooh. beyond us. Ooh, okay. So there's the thing in, um, in a lot of the Baltics because there are uh, so many of them are um, archipelagos. They have to have um, like, I don't remember exactly what they're called, like, uh, bay pilots, fjord pilots, fjord pilots. Yeah, they have to have fjord pilots. So, uh, and they're always somebody um, local who knows. <coughs> excuse me, um, who knows the underwater terrain like the back of their hands. So, yeah. what if some? Uh, what if like there's a current trade that is starting back up with even like a post imperial. The, the colonizers have moved on. It's several hundred years later. They already did their expansion collapse elephants thing. Um, and um, there were some mountains involved. There were some mountains, some elephants. It, things went horribly wrong. Um, the Spartans were involved. We're not sure. Um, and anyway, now they're a little bit more chill. Um, and they're doing, uh, they would like to do the trade thing, but because so many of these reefs were built by this nomadic place, they, they no longer know the terrain um, underwater. So the, these people are like, all right, bitches, now if you want to come through here, you've got to hire and pay us. Pay us what you owe us. Dun, dun, dun. That's, I, I like that. And here's, um, I have another one I, taken when you're done. Uh, so I was going to move on to another idea I had. If you wanted to riff off that, go ahead. Oh, I just had another, another idea. (laughs) Okay. All right. So we're going to move on to another idea. Um, So my other idea was like based around the idea of, okay, so something's going wrong somewhere else and they get um, basically (laughs) somebody comes begging them to help because they're like, our breakwaters are not working and shit is going down and we need help. Like maybe they're about to be, they have established trade with another group not not the not the colonizers mm-hmm. but another uh, land faring group um and uh they're like okay we have issues happening with our coastline we need help yeah. and they're like well let us build some reefs over there and you know there can be tense discussions right. tense discussions a riveting novel <laughs> i mean i mean there's so many ways you could take it so one of my ideas at uh, this one I, I feel like we've got sort of a really solid 
core fascinating concept here that really does open itself up to like infinite possibility wherever your brain goes with it. Um, so one of my thoughts was, so these, these way stations, as I've called them, these, these coral pods, these places where the, the, this nomadic water tribe of story flight houses kind of goes, they're all very secretive. So they're not really in the way there are these hidden, like Shangri-La, these coves, these, these distant places, these protected secrets. Um, and so you start to get into secrets, people, <laughs> you know, seeking them kind of this curiosity and legend um, mm -hmm. or like what's on this part of the map we've never seen. And, and they're very protective of their way of life. So as sort of trade routes are expanding and people are sort of coming into contact with them again, there's sort of that, where did you come from? But how have you survived out here? Oh, we just float. Really? But then how do you have this? You don't know. We just float. We just float. <laughs> Um, so they're like, oh, here's our narrative that we tell to the outsiders, to people that we don't want. Right. So then you can have either the outsider who gets the, 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 you know, glance behind the veil or, or vice versa and sort of play with that idea. Um, and then uh, another thought that I had was, so we've got these storm mages that, you know, took their lightning magic and sort of evolved it this way. What about lightning magic on the mainland? Was there mm -hmm. other? What has it become? Is it the same? Is there some sort of clash between the two ideals? Um, or what if you end up with someone who is suddenly born with a different kind of magic? Um, I was going to ask about whether there are um, other elements represented yeah. magically. And that would be sort of a, a flexible point for uh, an author or a story builder to play with. Do, do, mm -hmm. you, do you want that? And how does it interact? Yeah. I also like the idea of maybe the um, seafaring people, um, <laughs> there being like a fracture among them. So they're like, not all of them get along. They have kind of tribes or they have a, <laughs> they have a two party system that doesn't work. <laughs> um, and maybe it involves something like, do we agree to help the people that displaced us um, pilot through our areas for a fee yeah. and they disagree over that. And so some of them are just like, hell no, we don't give them a damn thing, sink their ships, yeah. <laughs> lightning bolt their ships. And you have the other group that is just like, um, well, they're going to pay us and give us resources that we don't currently have. And we're going to charge them out the ass for it, but we will help them. So then rather than necessarily bringing in the external, like the outside party, you know, take this culture we've built and figure out what their own division is. Yeah. Cause um, I, I kind of, I, I would hesitate to like, not necessarily hesitate to bring in the outsider cause that's interesting, but um, I, I almost like the idea of exploring a little bit more deeply the fractures within. Well then, we could take it even a step further. Like we're so involved in them being, you know, the nomadic tribe with their deeply protective and, and we've almost turned them back into the, the tribal and easily um, colonized, so to speak. What about the vengeful? What about the, you drove us out 200 years ago and we've been biding our time and now our empire is coming back. You know, mm -hmm. we've been training our mages. We've been building our power take and back to take homeland. our land. Um, <laughs> And then my other, and you've got the the people in there that are just like, yeah, I don't really like land, so I don't really care. And they're like race traitors, and I, I don't have land legs. Um, 
Yeah, my sea legs are pretty terrible. So my challenge mm-hmm. to an author would be um, a lot of our discussions have been kind of on a large political conflict scale. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that we try to do these worlds builds at kind of a um, a macro level so that they can still be yeah. played around in. They can have to support epic. But, so my, ch- my challenge would be how do you turn this framework into a hero's journey mm. or um, a heroine's journey? Right. But, but a single person story, um, okay. you know, take it out of the clashing of giant political spheres and move it into a base, uh, a foundation, a, a culture for just what, what, what one person's story do you want to, you know, can you riff out of it? Cool. I like it. Are we done? Dun, dun, I'm happy. Dun. Yes. I mean, I could keep going, but then I'd just be like taking it on over and writing a book. I'm really fascinated by this one. Um. <laughs> I know, me too. But I'm kind of like almost ready to like, I have like- Wait, all, Take it uh, back. Take it back. They can't I have, have it. <laughs> I have a character seed in my head now. I mean, there's no reason we also can't write in this world. So- Yeah. Um, Make an anthology story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really like- I. I really like this one. Um, so yeah, that is uh, that is it for um, the Electric Reefs world. Um, go forth, friends. Create. Remember, if you do write something in these worlds, let us know. Um, we would love to give you a high five um, and possibly a shout out and possibly a little something even more interesting. Ooh. Uh, not, not like... What? Suspense. Suspense, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, so. Tactical fade out. Tactical what? Fade out. Fade Uh, out. Right. I was, I heard tactical payout, and I was like, well, kind of. I mean, that's what was on my mind a little bit, but (laughs) tactical payout. Did you do a pose? Yes. I just have written down needs maintenance, and I don't know what that is in reference to. My life? Probably <laughs> the island. Probably, but it's like, it's not connected to any, my notes are pretty, pretty What I wish you had been able to see was my dramatic posing while doing parentheses, outro, and parentheses. I felt I, I did it with like the hand sweep of panning, you know, sort of to the sky and epic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Outro. you you like did the Shakespearean. I did version of parentheses. Shakespearean parentheses. Shakespearean yes. plant death parentheses. I did. Awesome. <laughs> I uh, I I approve. I figured you would. <laughs>